0: grace, mercy, and peace to you, from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I've been told that some of Maury's golfing buddies had officially awarded him the distinction of having the most beautiful practice swing in the game of golf, (laughs) I suppose this designation might have come with a little bit of a jab about his actual play on the course one of his friends told me that his warm-up swing was about a hundred miles an hour while his real swing was more around 50 but when it comes to getting compliments especially from male friends you have to take what you can get after all most people I talked to said that Mori's favorite part of any golf outing was not any hole in particular, but it was that proverbial 19th hole where he got to spend time with his friends. For he loved being with his friends and enjoying their company. He did love his friends. And in fact, as most of you know, one way that he showered his love upon his friends was to give each one a nickname. If you were given a nickname you knew you were loved. The more I thought about it this week I thought that playing golf is actually a lot like living the Christian life. For you see God's children go out into the course of life well prepared by the Father. After all he has given us the forgiveness of sins through Jesus and new life through the Holy Spirit all the way back at our baptism. And he renews those gifts in us time and time again in his house as he sends us out to play on the various courses he has given us to play on. However, we must all admit that when we get out onto the actual course of life, not every shot that we hit lands right in the middle of the fairway. Not every putt falls right into the cup. In fact, some shots end up deep in the sand. Some putts roll right back off the green. While God has given us everything we need for faith and for life, we often end up not striking the ball quite as we should. Through the Spirit's activity in our life, though, we sometimes do get to hit something that at least to the eyes of those around us looks like a hole in one. Many of you were blessed to see Maury at his God-gifted best. You were blessed to see the way that he could bring joy into a room with his smile or his quick wit. You watched as he earned the love and respect of his family, especially his nephews and niece. Even his last day, you could see how much he loved his family as he tried to make sure that everything was left just in perfect order so that they would not be burdened. Oh, but like any of our lives, there were those times in Maury's life that were not whole ones either. And he himself had no problem confessing that each time he made his way into the pew with all the other sinners and spoke words of confession, Maury knew that his game, so to speak, was far from perfect. He knew that bogeys were all too common among us humans that are beset with sin and weakness. And that's why Maury valued the gifts that God gave him in Christ Jesus. Mori, though he gave to each of you, many of you at least, nicknames, called Jesus his Savior and called him his Lord. He knew that all of his misshots were forgiven in Christ. He knew that Jesus had went to the cross to make sure that none of life's bogeys would be reported when that last day would come. We who gather here today should rejoice in that truth. We rejoice to know that all of Maury's misshots were forgiven by Jesus. They were erased from the scorecard. And all of Christ's righteousness, all of his perfection, was credited to Maury as well. Last Saturday, when he turned in his scorecard, God saw nothing but perfection because Maury's faults had been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Last Monday, when I sat down with Walton, Marion, and Becky, Becky emphasized that Maury really had two different sides. He had a funny, witty side And he had a very serious sign. I was blessed to see those things even in the short time that I knew him. Well, we must admit today that life has those two sides as well. There are those times of joy, and then there are those various serious times. And I hope today that maybe Maury would have got a kick out of using golf as an analogy for the Christian life. But this I know. He would have certainly wanted everyone here to leave today with the true message of our faith. Maureen has played his last hole on this earth. And just like many courses, that last hole that he had to play was a difficult one indeed. They say that on most golf courses, the 18th hole goes uphill, leading up to the clubhouse. Those of us that watch know that his walk at the end was certainly uphill. We wish we could have saved him, the trouble. We wish we could have stopped the hurting, but we could not. As our gospel reading says, in this world, we will have troubles. Peter said as well, we'll struggle with various kinds of trials that test our faith. And yes, Maury's last Whole was a difficult one in every way. But last Saturday, Maury finished the course. He finished the course of faith, held all along by his Lord Jesus. We take comfort today, knowing that Maury is now at peace. Upon finishing his course, he was met by Jesus himself. He now rests from the Lord from all of his labors. And you know what? God has a 19th hole celebration planned. You see, on that last day when Jesus returns, more and all who believe will be raised up and will be welcomed into God's 19th hole that he calls heaven. On that day, it will finally be abundantly clear that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has overcome all the troubles and trials of this world. Isaiah describes that 19th hole this way. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from every face. That's what God's 19th hole is all about. A great feast with Jesus and all of his people. No more death and no more tears. What could be better than that? Yes, Maury would surely want each of you to know how much he loved you. But he would also want you to know how much Jesus loves you. We could say that each one of us here was born and given the nickname Sinner. And sadly, the nickname "fit." But God would not allow that name to remain upon something he had created. And so he sent down his son that he might bear that nickname for us. In order that we might be given new names in him. Because of Christ's work, God now gives out new nicknames. To all of those who call upon him. To all of those who look to him for help and salvation. He calls them righteous. Saint. Saint child of God. And when God gives you a nickname like that, you know you are loved. And loved you are. God loves you enough that today he hears your prayers and he wipes away your tears. He loves you enough to welcome you to himself, to find peace and to find rest. And he loves you enough to give you that same life that Maury had. That eternal life that one day will be lived out in a new heaven and a new earth. That is what God has done for you. That is what God has done for Maury. It's what he's done for all who believe in Christ. He will not let death be the final word. No, life is the final word. Yes, all who receive the grace he offers us in Jesus are given a place there at that final feast, at God's 19th hole. And there, all of God's people together will celebrate the one who has defeated death and who has given to all of his people, more he included, eternal life. May God bring us safely to that day. Amen.